Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. What are we talking about today, Christy? Eye health. Eye health, exactly. Something about the eyes. Something yes. about the eyes. Yeah, so we're, we're going to start off by talking about aging in general, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go to eyes specifically, and then we're going to talk about what light therapy can do for aging eyes. So More and more. Light more and therapy more. can help more and more. It's just amazing and it's fun. Give us an intro here. This is Christy. Christy is a certified laser tech. She's been doing light and laser therapies for many years. It's nice to have you here again, Christy. Great to be back. Great to be here. My name is Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. So we like to get together every couple weeks and with research talk about how light and laser therapies are being used today by healthcare providers, but also even by people in their own homes. And so that is where we're going to be talking about today, what you can do with lights and light therapy based on research, what research is showing mm-hmm. that can effectively help your health. Um, this is really exciting stuff, actually. So we're talking about a study today that was published just back in 2020. And I'm not going to spoil it by giving you the title yet, um, <laughs> but we'll get there in just a minute. But yeah, we, we like to look, talk about the research because the research gives us ideas on what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. and what is possible, and a little bit even of a glimpse of what's coming down the road as more and more research is done. Over 400 studies published just last year. That's amazing. Yeah. That is just absolutely amazing. Pretty but neat. it just shows that it's working right right um it does yeah that's one of the biggest things that drew me to light therapy in the first place um was i started seeing how many studies were showing good effectiveness for laser therapy and when you compare that to things that are that like i know that work well like spinal manipulation chiropractic Mm -hmm. adjusting i I know that can work well Mm -hmm. but when you look at the research it's fairly thin um, and there, there is research out there for chiropractic to work, and there's good research out there for things like exercise therapies mm-hmm. uh, to work. But my goodness, over 5,000 studies we have now on light and laser therapies. And that is just a huge number. And it's on all kinds of things from eye health, like we're talking about today, mm-hmm. to tendinopathies, mm-hmm. uh, like tendinitis, muscle tears, traumatic brain injury. Parkinsonism. I mean, so many different topics. Right. Um, and the great thing with light, and laser therapies is that there's basically zero risk. Right. So we're not talking about uh, surgical lasers. We're not talking about ablating tissues or, you know, destroying any tissues. We're talking about the safe application of non-invasive light Mm -hmm. to stimulate positive changes in the body's biology. This is now termed photobiomodulation. We typically say laser therapy because it's a little bit sexier, a little bit easier to say. Easier to say. Yeah, Yeah. it is for sure. Not so tongue-tied. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're going to be discussing again today. Uh, share this with people that you think might can benefit. The more we know, uh, the more society kind of understands the possibilities here, the more pressure there is on pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry in general to take this seriously, and the more support it gives the researchers as they're looking at this too. Mm-hmm. So getting funding for research is really tough. The more general support there is for an idea out there, the easier it is to get funding so we can continue to see these studies and see what light and laser therapies can actually do. But, okay, long intro. Sorry. It's all right. A little bit of a rant. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's just important to know how effective this is. 
and the yeah. exciting research that's being done. Yeah. So. And you know, we could sit here and probably talk to people all day about what you and I have seen. Right. In practice, but. But to have it published, it just brings you know more credibility, mm -hmm. more legs to it. Yeah. And it's it just is an exciting thing to be seeing happen more and more. I mean, 400 studies just in the last year. Mm -hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, more than I can't remember the exact number from 2020. Uh, the number of studies were published just in 2020 alone, but it was a right. lot. Right. So and then you had 2021. So. Yeah, and almost I think we're I think we've already crossed the num the 400 boundary again here in 2021. I'll have to double wow. check and see, but it's just tons, and there's nice. just as many studies in progress that should be published next year or the year after. Nice. So it's good nice. stuff. Yes. Let's go ahead and talk about aging, and the differences in aging. There's. I, I like to pretend like aging isn't a thing, um, uh, but it is a factor that we all have to deal with somehow. But let's break down what we mean because when you say, oh, I'm getting old, it can mean a bunch of different things, you know, or oh, well, you know, this pain or this condition is just because I'm aging. What does that mean exactly? What, what does age have to do with the way the body functions and the conditions you, you kind of encounter as you age? Well, there's three different ways really that I consider aging to be a factor. Number one is the longer you live, the more likely you are to have an injury. True. Yeah. True. You know, we do things. Mm -hmm. Things happen to us. Especially this time of year. Especially this time of year. <laughs> motor vehicle collisions, icy roads, mm -hmm. slipping on the stairs. I mean, those are injuries. Right. Now, that's not necessarily because you're old. It's just no. you've lived long enough to encounter more things. So you have mm -hmm. injuries to the tissues. Mm -hmm. Now, another way this can happen is overuse. So, you know, if you're in a job, for example, where you do a repetitive motion for a long time, right. that can lead to... Typing, yeah. carpal tunnel, that sort of Yeah, thing. exactly. Mm -hmm. Type, carpal tunnel, um, repetitive motion, jobs. Uh, sorting the mail is one that True. is interesting. Um, but, you know, there, there's these different conditions that they aren't really injuries per se, but they're an overuse of the tissues. And, you know, you can do that for couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years and probably get away with it but if that's your career mm -hmm. and you do it for 20 years mm -hmm. things start to build up so again right. yes it's be it, it's not really that you're aging it's just that you've had enough time to accumulate this kind of gradual amount of damage uh, in these kind of micro traumas overuse injuries uh, the third way though is cellular decline and that's where the cells of the body don't function as efficiently and as well as you get older that's what I would consider like true aging because everything else mm -hmm. is just a time factor. You know, you've been around long enough to, to gather damage. Right. It's like living in a in the same house for fifteen years. <laughs> you, you need to clean it out every day. You gotta yeah, you gotta clean it out every you accumulate stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I know when we used to move a lot and we were moving a lot with the military and mm -hmm. school and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, we never accumulated stuff. We'd be selling it and getting rid of it. But as soon as you live somewhere for a while, it starts right. to pile up. Right. Or so. you move it with you. Or you move it with you. That's, that's our, our experience. We just kept moving it. So finally, after 10 years of not seeing it, we just tossed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it. Unfortunately, with the body, can't we, we can't really do that. No. You can't really toss things. Um, and you just continue to accumulate damage mm -hmm. um, and traumas. Uh, 
So, but when the, with the cellular decline side, it means the cells are actually not performing as well as you age. And a big factor in that is the mitochondria. And the mitochondria are the energy producers in the cells, the little mm -hmm. organelles that produce cellular energy. And they tend to work less and less efficiently as you age, which means your cells are now working with less energy. When they work with less energy, they don't work as well. They can't repair as well. Right. They can't replicate and divide. They're not producing enough energy to do that. And so the tissues become more and more delicate, mm -hmm. and they also recover from injury a lot slower. Right. Now, if you fall down uh, on the playground when you're seven or eight years old, how fast are you up and moving again? Very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. But if you're, say, 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, I mean, you fall down on the playground. It takes a little time to get up. Yeah, it takes some time to get up, and you're more likely to have you know, more injury mm -hmm. from a fall like that too. You know, the tissues are not as resilient. Right, right. And then recovery takes longer. Mm -hmm. All that relates back to the cellular decline that I would call like actual true aging. Okay. The body's not performing as well. So we're kind of ignoring the, the topics of injury and overuse and going, okay, look, the cells just aren't the same as they used to be. And that's where we're going to be talking about with today's topic, really, with vision. Because we know that with vision, there's age-related decline. And that mm -hmm. is directly related to changes in the body's cells. Okay. So, I'll read you a quote from the study before I give you the title even. But uh, in this study, they say, Human aging is a major societal problem, and the retina ages faster than other organs partly due to its high metabolic rate, meaning that the retina in the eye needs to have more energy being produced mm -hmm. so that it stays as healthy as it should be. Okay. They say that 30% of central rods die and cones have reduced function by 70 years of age. Now, if you remember from like high school, for example, mm -hmm. rods and cones, you know, the, the rods give you the, um, the black and white vision mm -hmm. better at night, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the cones give you your color vision. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're saying that 30% of the rods do end up dying and then the cones really reduce their function by the time you hit 70. Wow. And I mean, there's a lot of other problems too, like macular degeneration and things like that. But here we're just talking straight up, the actual parts of the eye that sense light black and white shades as well as color shades there's a lot of decreased ability to use those they either die or they decrease in function by the time you're 70 no matter what whether, whether you have an injury it doesn't matter that's just a purely cellular aging problem and a lot of it is because the retina has to produce more energy to stay in good shape hmm. and it's definitely not a use it or lose it thing like like muscles or yeah, that's other a great tissues. point it just is gone that's with, interesting. Yeah, That's with muscles, you can you can go to the gym and you can really maintain it. It becomes right. harder as you age. Right. But if you right. stay active in the gym, you can get stronger still. You can mm -hmm. add muscle mass and you can increase bone density. Right. This is not the same way. Wow. You can't really exercise your retina very well. No, you can't. Interesting. They, uh, they also say a little bit later here in this paper um, – that the ability to improve cone performance, cone function, is of importance because these cells, unlike the rods, again, which so you got cones are for color mm -hmm. and then the rods are for black and white. So the, the cones do not die with age in primates, including humans. And this includes the cones that, uh, that sense blue light. Um, 
but uh, they're kind of similar to rod cells. Mm -hmm. So cone cells, all the cone cells don't die. What instead happens is that they, uh, they appear to survive, but with reduced function. The fact that they survive, even though there is a significant decline in retinal energy production of ATP, mm -hmm. represents a challenge in our concepts of aging. Because if they can be refueled by improving mitochondrial function, it may positively affect aged vision. Hmm. What they're saying there, that's a very complex way to say, the cone cells that sense color don't just die. Their function goes down because they're not producing enough cellular energy. So if there's a way to refuel that cellular energy production, then you should be able to improve cone vision. And that's what light therapy does. That's what light therapy does. It fuels the cells. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. So here's our title. This study was published in June of 2020. The title is Optically Improved Mitochondrial Function Redeems Aged Human Visual Decline. This is published in the Journals of Gerontology, Biological Sciences, again, June of 2020, so just a little more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. And this is a really interesting study for a number of reasons. Um, let's talk through it real quick. They took 24 participants between the ages of 28 and 72 years old, and they had them do about two weeks of a particular light therapy treatment. Okay. They were asked to use a home device red light therapy unit to illuminate only the dominant eye every morning for just three minutes, every day for two weeks. Okay. And then they were able to evaluate before and after. Okay. And they also, because they had, they only did the one eye, they were able to have kind of a control eye, right? They, right. they also looked at the other side to see, okay, what kind of changes mm -hmm. are we expecting here? And so uh, what they saw is that only in those over the age of 38 did they show good improvements. There were no changes below the age of 38. Interesting. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yeah. So in those over the age of 38, there was a 22% improvement while the younger individual showed no change. And so they say that we can conclude that 670 nanometer light or red, visible red light treatment in older participants can improve thresholds, bringing them towards levels found in younger individuals. And this is for both rod and cone function. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. But I'm very curious, how did they do this safely? Ah. Because, you know, we you know use safety glasses for mm -hmm. anyone getting laser therapy treatment right so how do you treat the eye yes so you have to have a low a very low intensity light to be able to do this you don't want to use um, the same power that you would use over the skin for like a tendinopathy or a torn meniscus in the knee you're going to use a much lower intensity light on a very small target mm -hmm. the eye mm -hmm. and for a limited amount of time Right. So what they did is they used a, a visible red light LED, so it's not focused light like a laser is. Right. And it is only up to 40 milliwatts per centimeter squared on the eye, so that's a very, very low power. And really, if you're below a half a watt on an mm -hmm. unfocused beam of light, then you're mm -hmm. pretty much safe, okay? Um, and so this was very, very low power. It probably felt kind of bright staring into this light, mm -hmm. um, but it shouldn't be of a strength that would do any damage to the eye. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to come back around to that at the end okay. here and talk about that too, but that's a very okay. good point. Uh, when you're using class four lasers, like mm -hmm. most of us do in, right. in delivering light therapies, this is a different type 
of light. So just beg the question, mm -hmm. you know, yep. early on. Now, do remember though, light is light, whether it's from a right. laser or from a LED or from a bulb. We're trying to get down to one specific color of light, right. just red light, mm -hmm. and we're trying to do it at an intensity that's very low so that it doesn't strain or aggravate or damage the eye. Okay. Yep. So um, they say that the reason that this, this whole thing worked in the older individuals, they think, is because, as they say, presumably because age-related mitochondrial decline has not yet affected the younger individuals. So if you're under mm -hmm. 40, for example, mm -hmm. then your mitochondria, the energy producers in those cells in your eyes, they're still working really well, and so you don't see that decline. But mm -hmm. once you hit 40, that starts to go down. And mm -hmm. so you start to lose some of the, some of that color and non-color vision. Um, the difference is you can apply this red light, and in this case, at least, the researchers saw improvements more towards normal, towards mm -hmm. a younger person function, if people were over 40. That's fascinating. It is interesting. It really I is. I think it is, yeah. Um, now, I'll come back to the, the one more quote here, but just to recap, took these participants in the morning, in the morning, specifically in the morning, too. Interesting. They asked them to use this red light at home for just three minutes. Is a It was a had a special kind of design to make sure it was at the right intensity and they mm -hmm. had to hold it a certain uh, you know, way away from the eye. Even with that, they did notice a mild green after image for about five to ten five to ten seconds after they shut the light off. Okay. And you can probably think about this. I mean, if you if you stare into a light bulb yeah. um, and then look away, you're going to have kind of you a have weird that shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was very common uh, for the participants in the study to see that, but obviously no damage was done to the eye. So mm -hmm. the the younger participants here didn't see a decline in vision. They didn't really see an improvement in vision it stayed the same. It was just the older individuals that had the improvement. No risks, hmm. no damage, no side effects, nothing like that at all. Well, it, it just makes sense to me because mm -hmm. um, the mitochondria in a younger individual is working. The energy is being, I mean, it's just working and it's not in an older mm -hmm. person, as you were saying. And so that light therapy just gets that, that energy production fired up. Right. It just, that, makes sense yeah it does so and, and there's there's something else here too with the eye it's very easy to deliver light mm -hmm. to exactly where you want it because all you have to do is look at it mm -hmm. right and it's being received by the cells uh and inside the eye if you want mm -hmm. to deliver light to other tissues like mm -hmm. the ankle mm -hmm. or the shoulder you have barriers right like the skin. skin you've got to get light mm -hmm. in there so with the eye you can get away with very low power low intensity because you're delivering that light directly to those affected cells mm -hmm. if you want to treat a an elbow joint you're gonna to have to work with a lot more power a lot more light of the right type right. to get it in there and usually that means infrared mm -hmm. laser right. high intensity laser to be able to get it in there right. but you know you think about it if this is happening in the eye if the mitochondrial decline in the eye cells is what's contributing to aging and preventing things from getting better then what about the other tissues the other cells they go through the same thing right. especially as you get older especially as you hit say 50 60 right same exact process happens those mitochondria start to function more poorly mm -hmm. and you could apply light to speed that up and naturally improve the performance of those cells. Right. And it's lasting. 
and it's lasting. It's not something it is that, lasting. that ends mm-hmm. where you have to keep redoing it. Once right. you get it going, it just it's cumulative. It, it, it does it, it does it actually builds. accumulate. Now in this case, they didn't really look at the longer term effect. So mm-hmm. when we talk about the eye, we don't exactly know what would happen there. Uh, you know, you're always fighting aging. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yes, in in a lot of cases, if you're using photobiomodulation or laser therapy, you're ending up with several days worth of extra ATP generated inside mm-hmm. these cells, which the body then uses to repair and restore function. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then of course, the healthier those tissues get, healthier those cells are then they replicate, they divide, they actually produce repaired tissues, which right. that's where you get that long-term result. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be interesting stuff. to see like a longer-term follow-up on right. a study like this. Right. Um, and that is the thing. We're seeing more and more studies uh, like this showing up, which is, I think, great. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to note on here is they, they did say that while significant improvements in the photoreceptors function were found for both the rods and the cones, the participants did not report any subjective changes in their vision. So when the researchers measured performance, clear improvements. Wow. But the participants, the patients who got the treatment done, couldn't tell the difference at all. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It is interesting. I'm not quite yeah. sure why that would be. Yeah. Um, but it's worth saying that a lot of times you can have actual improvements in the performance of the tissues. Mm-hmm. You may not have a good sense of if it's actually better or not. Hmm. in some cases at least initially because i think about driving at night Mm -hmm. you know that is an issue that many older people encountered issues with me for one you know so i would think that you would see a marked improvement there Hmm. but it's interesting that they report that they didn't yeah so it is Uh, it is interesting too because other similar studies that have been done like this um, the participants did report some levels of improvement in their, their eyesight subjectively. Um, I think it's just worth saying that just because it doesn't feel different mm-hmm. or look different to you doesn't mean it isn't better. Right. And, and sometimes you've got to give it time to mm-hmm. see those changes. Because mm-hmm. it does instant. take time. It's, it's not, not instant. instant. No, and that's why they did this for two weeks every day, treatment-wise, mm-hmm. It's because it does take time to come across. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Big takeaways here, I think, from research like this and this particular paper is that every time we see a study like this, it means we're getting closer to reversing aging, essentially. We're finding ways, not just through light therapy, but through medical treatments in general that help to reverse this aging process. The nice thing with it being light therapy is that we don't have to worry about medications. We don't have to worry about risks or medications counteracting each other. We don't have to worry about side effects. So the more we see on light therapy benefits and figure out how to leverage that, the more we're going to reverse a lot of these, what we previously thought were unreversible age-related changes. Right, right. That's that's so exciting. It's pretty cool stuff. It really is. It is. Number two takeaway that I had for us for this one was that home light therapy units are going to be able to benefit multiple conditions. You know, not only this vision study we're talking about right now, we've talked about some studies in the past where patients took home like infrared LED units to use on the head for things like Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and saw good benefits there too. Right. Uh, So we're working towards a world where having a light therapy unit or two or three at home could have some excellent benefits for certain conditions like age-related vision decline and even cognitive decline. And prices should be comparatively low. Hopefully. Eventually. That, that's the thing right now. They are still, pricing is still very high for mm-hmm. good units. Right. And 
none of this is really FDA cleared or safety supervised yet. And that's my last point to go back to what you said about, you know, you know, how do you do this safely? That's the thing. That's why we need research like this to show it. We don't really have this nailed down yet right. to a science where you can just go, oh, I'd just go buy me a red light, you know, device and then I'll just shine it in my eye for three minutes a day. You, you really don't. can't you really can't Please quite do, do that, that yet. No. Um, no. There are more and more devices that are coming out there. I'm gonna encourage you if you're listening in today that if you um, if you are looking to start leveraging light therapy, uh, especially like at home, don't get drawn in by some of the ads that you'll see out there. There are ads out there for devices that are not cleared, that have not been actually checked. They will claim to have power outputs that are inaccurate. Um, There are some units that are good, but it is really hard to sort those out from a consumer standpoint. So be very, very cautious if you do decide to buy something. If it's FDA cleared, you're going to be more likely to have good results. But even then, there's a lot of times where the power ratings on these devices are completely inaccurate. They're giving you like the power consumption rather than the output right. rating. So I'd encourage you not to just run out and grab any red bulb you can find no. because it's not likely to have the kind of results we want and it could even be dangerous. It's important to know how to do it right. It is. So It is. Safely and, and correctly. Exactly. The best thing you can do if you're looking to leverage light therapy for yourself or for your family or for a loved one is go find a Laser Therapy Institute clinic. You can go to the website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Go to the tab, click on our clinics. That will give you a map view. We just added two clinics uh, in the last week, uh, one in Fresno, California, and the other one in Tillamook, Oregon. So we have more and more clinics across the nation to be able to deliver effective and safe laser and light therapies and as always if you have questions just email us info at lasertherapyinstitute.org thanks for joining us today and we'll see you back here in two weeks to talk about more patient related photobiomodulation topics sounds great thanks thank you subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org if you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.